I think given the current geopolitical situation, I think the USA has rightly adopted a very strong built with India stance. I really, really want to see that, you know, grow 100x, if not 1000x. In a way, sales in US are easy. At Wh- least why do you say deter- that? I think US buyers are very deterministic. You are essentially a US VC, right? Means I am a US VC. <laughs> you invest 90% of your resources, be it time, money in the yeah. US market. Yeah. What made you uh, take the first trip five years back to India and why have you been coming again and again? But you know, VCs can don't succeed on their own, Yeah. right? It is a confluence of many things happening, yes. which is supply side of founders, Yeah. what areas the founders choose to build in and who do you sell it to? Build in India, sell in the US is not a trivial thing. US go-to market is a very complex, multi-dimensional matrix. It's not, you know, one script for... There is no silver book. There is no silver book. You should learn from the Zoho and Freshworks script. That's just one of 10 scripts, the, the one of 10 markets. Need for software, need for data, need for good apply, applied AI products is going to be massively in, and still inflecting. And both need to move very quickly. Yeah. This is Siddharth Aluwalia. Welcome to The Neon Show. Today, I have a very good friend with me, Bhaskar Ghosh, partner at 8VC. Bhaskar, uh, you have a very interesting and unique background, right? Uh, would love to dive deep into that first. Uh, and because you moved to India very young, right? Just after, moved to USA. Sorry, moved to US yes. very, very early in your career, yeah, right? Yeah. Just after your IIT KGP. Uh, no, I dropped out from IIT KGP and then I did my undergrad at Jadavpur. Yeah. Yes. Very similar. And, and you went there for PhD at Yale. I did, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And uh, uh, after that, it, you served 20 years in the best of the tech there. Anyway, thanks for having me. Uh, I know this is short notice. Amazing studio. Thank uh, you. You guys are doing amazing stuff. Very, 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 very grateful to be here. Uh, yeah, I think, um, as I've told you, I think, so for those of you who don't know, Siddharth and I had a great time at Saster. Yes. We became friends and and then I went to your party. Yes. <laughs> and I think um, we met and spent time here yeah, on, at, in at this Leela. trip at Leela and then very grateful to be so on the show, so which <laughs> I was unaware that it's one of the big shows. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, I mean, you know, journey, uh, you know, I'm an accidental VC, as you know, uh, my partner at a firm, Bay Area firm called ABC. Yeah, I, I mean, I was fond of computer science, did a PhD, uh, and then spent about a couple of decades in the industry. I was very fortunate to write a lot of code, build a lot of products, and uh, also build, you know, was lucky to help build great teams um, at Oracle and then Yahoo and then uh, LinkedIn and then a tiny fintech company called Nerd Wallet. So, yeah, I think a lot of the experiences at, I would say, Oracle, at Yahoo, uh, shaped kind of my professional worldview yeah. and culture. And, yes, these were um, these were companies which were both pioneering companies, which largely stood the test of time and also had amazing culture internally. Yeah. And one of the funny things now, looking back, as I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, is uh, the culture inside uh, Yahoo and LinkedIn was very entrepreneurial. You, okay. know, you took initiative and you moved fast, all that stuff. Have, and all of this, I think, uh, kind of accidentally prepared me. I mean, I've had a reverse career in the sense I've gone from larger and larger companies to smaller and smaller companies. Yeah. And now 
as a partner at the firm, I also start companies myself. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a fake founder also, uh, working on my third startup now. Um, yeah, it's been a great journey and the whole VC thing is a complete accident. And at and what age you became a VC? This I'm not going to answer. <laughs> um, but you should assume you can do math. Yeah. Um, after my undergrad and PhD and then spending almost 20 years. Yeah. So I was not a young spring, yeah. uh, spring chicken. While priding myself that I can still outwork you guys. But yeah, I think uh, later than most people. Um, and also, I think becoming a VC was accidental. I came to 8VC to start companies. Mostly, okay. Right. And then accidentally wrote a check. in, uh, And then we now have a very flourishing and large practice in both B2B SaaS and uh, enterprise infrastructure yeah. software. And, you know, we are very excited about the India-US corridor. And I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. that in great detail. But yeah, I think um, AI, data, cloud, security, infra, open source, all the horizontal themes are seriously important to us. That's what I focus on. And then I do a bunch of uh, P2B SaaS also. In terms of um, happy to talk about other aspects yeah. of my journey if you have questions. But yeah, I'm very fortunate to have spent the two decades building stuff. And, you know, building software, building teams, um teaches you things that you can't learn in a book. And I, I see, uh, and the hope is that as we help and support entrepreneurs in their journey to take, to go through startups in different phases, some of what we learned in our past lives will also be useful. Whether the entrepreneurs are sitting in Bangalore, Chennai, or they're sitting in yeah. San Francisco, or New York, you know, that's the hope. So, so another thing, you know, uh, what I wanted to ask to you is, before independence or during independence, like the time of independence, Calcutta was the, or Bengal was the hub of scientists. The biggest intellectuals uh, used to come from science Calcutta. and tech. Science and tech. Both. Yeah, the first, I think, I might be getting this wrong, but the first Indian built engineering university was called something else. It's what became Jadavpur. Yeah. Like the first, yes. not started by the British, right? Um, yes, but what you're going to ask me a hard question now. <laughs> and I call you a modern scientist, right? Uh, so, so why has Calcutta or Bengal decreased in producing the talent, right? Today, Bengal should have been the tech capital hub 100% of India. 100% agree. Um, you ask a very good and very difficult question. I can give you an outsider's view. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, I think the undergrad engineering colleges like Shippur and Jadavpur were absolutely world-class during our time. Yeah. And of course, physics, chemistry, math in places like, you know, Presidency College and others yeah. was absolutely world-class. I would say two things have to keep on happening for a city like Calcutta. You know, a city like Calcutta became preeminently important because of the British. You yeah. know, the Bengalis kind of absorbed stuff, not just English, and thought big. And it was the capital of U.S. Empire yes, outside London in 1990. That late, okay. I, and then, you know, they moved it to Delhi. Yeah. So the university system laid down by the British, you know, it was like the holding company was Calcutta University and they had all these amazing colleges oh. below, right? A huge collection, 50 plus. Yeah. So very scalable and thriving system. But for something like this to grow, two things have to happen hand in hand, other than political stability. Yeah which Bengal did not see. 60s, yeah. 70s saw massive instability. And I would say govern, governing to make sure businesses are growing is extremely important. Uh, 
And I think during the rule that we had for 30 years, that systematically did not go well. While rural agriculture and the development in villages, I've heard, and I, I'm not an economist, yeah. I've heard it went very well. But cities, you know, you also have to create new cities. Yeah. You know, for a large state like West Bengal, you need three cities, four cities, not one. I think development of urban centers, but development of businesses and attracting capital from other parts of India is very important. Yeah. I don't think that happened well. And that means employment jobs are not getting created in a nonlinear way. The things that way, say, Hyderabad, uh, Andhra, now Telangana, Karnataka, Bombay actually did, yeah. number one. So it's about governance and the political uh, situation. Number two is, and there's partly politics, I think the academic campuses, even the, by the time we were leaving uh, for the USA, there was too much instability. And... Uh, government-controlled academic campuses, you have to maintain standards. Yeah. While there will always be nepotism in a, in a, in a, in a democracy, it, you have to keep it to, to 20%. 80% has to be meritocracy. I, it looks like that is where I think Bengal really did not execute when other states did. I would say the confluence of work culture and attracting business and kind of not just Jadavpur and Shipur, but you know, you know, IIT Kharagpur is there. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of the undergrads coming out of there would have stayed in Calcutta, yeah. right? During our time. I would say, uh, Bengal missed a major, 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 major bet at that time because given, if you look at culturally, love of learning, structured thinking, analytic thing, all of that is yeah. very much there in the culture. So there is absolutely no reason why the, Initially, the you know IT services hub and then the product hub of India shouldn't be Calcutta. Right? Yeah. So I have no good answer for you. And if you look at my time right now, um, I've been coming to you to back to India every year for yeah. five years now. You know, have done a few investments, including Rocket Lane, yeah. as you know. Uh, much of the network look at this podcast. Yeah, podcast is happening where yeah. Bangalore, man. So Bangalore and Chennai, and even now I went to Bombay. I mean, the interest in working with people like us is overwhelmingly high, uh, especially, you know, we from ABC bring a unique yeah. background. You know, I really hope that, uh, you know, things, infrastructure increase, um, improves in Calcutta, but it's a long journey. I would say it's a multi-generational journey, right? The Bangalore explosion didn't happen in one one generation, right? Even when we were in college, I remember Texas Instruments built a major development center here, right? Cisco built a major development system. Analog devices built a major development center in IIT Madras campus. Yeah. So you're talking about what, 45 years ago now, yeah. or 40 years ago, right? So this is even before my time, I think late 70s, you know, when I didn't, I couldn't even spell Bangalore. So I think public-private partnership has to come together. And it's a multi-generational thing about those two items. Yeah. So one is maintaining academic excellence and one is attracting capital and interest. So yeah. And, uh, That's a long non-answer, <laughs> but you just hit a sore point in my heart. But yeah. And you mentioned about Bangalore has exploded positively, right? You're spending amazing. I mean, most of your time. I will not comment on the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I will not comment on the road and city planning. You can comment on it. Uh, but uh, but but yes, go ahead. What's your yeah. question? So so my question is. Uh, and you mentioned it started happening long, long back. Why? Why the seeds were sown a long time back? Yeah. Why, why did it happen? How did it happen? Can you? From your I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer, but I suspect the local leadership, both at public and private level, uh, 
um, and the politicians, they must have worked together. I mean, if you don't create an environment for that, things don't happen accidentally. Because when major companies like um, the ones I yeah. mentioned come in, and they are not making a bet for five years, right? Yeah. They want to be here for 50 plus years. Yes. So it's, it's a generational bet. Everybody's intelligent. They're looking at, you know, are these people going to be here today and gone tomorrow? Or more importantly, is the culture of decision making good? Yeah. Is there just enough transparency? Boss, I'm sure that it was here. I, in a way, Hyderabad at that time was a more thriving place from the Chandra Babu Naidu time. Okay. I haven't tracked it. But in terms of the IT hub, in terms of consulting and services industry, you know, whether it's Wipro or I don't know the split. I suspect okay. if you look at uh, TCS and Wipro and Infosys and, you know, all of, all of these companies, um, maybe it was an equal split. Maybe Hyderabad was bigger. I don't know the answer. But surely Bangalore and Hyderabad kind of rode ahead and um, Bombay didn't need to act because it was already a financial yeah. services sector and banking. It was already huge, right? Still is. Uh, but I think there was a vacuum in the Indian execution side and the leaders, public and private leaders of these two cities yeah. jumped in and, you know, got to give them credit. And I'm guessing some of the politicians really, really went out of their way to attract investment and create you know, speed, right? Yeah. I don't know. Is that is that kind of a little? I'd that, love to hear what your my, my view is. is. Uh, first, because IT services talent was brought here by companies like Wipro and Infosys, and what happened is the initial IT services talent, as they got, uh, you know, the best of talent wanted to build their own products, so they started building products here in Bangalore, right? And slowly and steadily, right, uh, because of weather, because of uh, once a place becomes a talent banker, just like Bay Area, all folks, like I'm a migrant. <laughs> uh, I come from a place near Delhi. So, yeah. so I came here because of that, that right? That, that It's a talent hub, right? And I think where there's a talent hub and you give freedom to to talent. And uh, the, all the network effects that network. Silicon Valley has been uh, seeing for 30 plus yes. years, no? 40 plus years. Yeah. The network effects, I think, are beginning to happen here and uh, multi Yeah, 100% agree. The other interesting thing you pointed out that mm, I would love to learn more about is um, we had a conference in Goa that I was yeah. fortunate to be. And, you know, I got to talk to somebody like Nandan Nilekani briefly. And I, you know, saw Azim Premji, you know, one of my big heroes. Yeah. I think he's an amazing guy. It's interesting that the Indian IT services consulting industry has actually reinvented itself over the yes. years, right? It's, it was started as this Y2K thing, and then, you know, it moved to Java, and then, you know, moved to data warehousing and analytics. So it actually is not a monolithic thing. So uh, as they grew their services and they responded to needs in the American and European market, yeah. right, that is pretty amazing. And I would say that also probably has contributed to this culture of being able to build more rather than only do services, yeah. right? rather than only run call centers or something. Agree. So I suspect someday a book will be written by somebody who knows that. Who knows the history of how. The history of how the internal culture changed. Yeah. That's number one. And I think they're all operating at massive scale now. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how much, how flexible they are now, but time will tell. $200 billion of uh, revenue is IT services today. Yeah, yeah. I think what is also interesting for us, external VCs and I think local VCs is also, Towards the middle of the IT journey, services journey in um, 
in Bangalore and Hyderabad, all these big Silicon Valley firms started coming yeah. in, right? I mean, I mean, during my time at Yahoo and LinkedIn, I had fairly large teams yeah. sitting in Bangalore and a few, few in Hyderabad. And this was my, the team's reporting, that was during 2006 to 2014. And at that time, Google was coming in in a big way. Facebook came a bit later. Teams were sending in not just their QA and ops yeah. functionality. They were beginning to send core product functionality. So I would say that secular wave started happening. And I suspect, now I'm going to suspect that some of that culture, which came from old-time Yahoo, old-time Google, and many others, some of them also contributed, and I don't have data to prove it, but I'm suspecting. If you look at this fairly pioneering internal companies, which are big now, which are, you know, you know, PhonePay, RazorPay, Zomato, Flipkart, Swiggy, which are serious companies, which are product companies, whether they were mostly B2B2C or B2C is a separate issue. <coughs> These are product companies. And, you know, many other things, factors contributed to the growth, including, you know, UPI, you know, these are a lot of the government stuff. But the product mentality kind of, those things started feeding off of each other, that people from the Googles of the world would leave and the, and I would say the Yahoo's of the world would leave and would do the stuff in local companies, which are not U.S. companies. I think that has been a hugely secular and important cultural and network building thing. Uh, I can share a few examples, right? So Amit Somani is a partner at Prime Venture Partners. I used to work at Prime like, four years uh, back. So he was one of the few senior leaders, like SVP or director products in Google, who was brought from Google US to Google India in 2008-2009. Similarly, another VC called Ruthwick, right? Uh, he's a fund called Inventus. Now they are called Athera. Uh, so, so he was also the part of the same group. Fantastic product leaders. And then Google sent back to India to develop. And obviously, once once you uh, once talent, the best of talent starts happening. And they stay in the in India. Yeah, that's also an important yes. part, right? There are. I know a lot of the uh, Flipkart talent which came from Yahoo and uh, Google and yeah. all of these companies. Many of them have never spent significant time in US. They stayed here. Agree. And that is, I think, extremely beneficial to the local ecosystem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, right now, all all this wave started also because uh, like folks like Nandan Nilekani, there are stories that once UPI was launched, companies were not willing to adopt it because of just, you know, new railroad is getting built. So he used to visit entrepreneurs in Bangalore. He visited Samir Nigar at that point in time. That And PhonePay was really early and some other company that can you start building on UPI? Oh, wow. This is 2016. Seriously? Uh, time it's time. happened very quickly, no? Yeah. I think the rate of innovation is growing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of fundamental stuff around the financial infrastructure that probably started from the Manmohan Singh time and now has really flourished. And, you know, the government has accelerated that stuff. Yeah, that's pretty major. I think it's major for innovation in India, yeah. you know, opening up the market and kind of delivering value and financial instruments to people much faster just just with the mobile yeah. phone and uh idea and uh, very 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 positive about that stuff yeah and uh you are essentially a usvc right Means i am a usvc <laughs> you invest 90 percent of your resources be it time money in the yeah. us market yeah right what made you uh take the first trip five years back to india and why have you been coming again and again 
I mean, uh, nothing. It's just pretty common sense. I mean, um, we had heard about the companies that we yeah. mentioned, and we knew that there were very strong companies like Zohan Freshworks, which were built completely, quote unquote, natively, right? Um, and uh, I, the other part is, remember, I had teams here during my past, but our portfolio in HVC in a fairly accelerated way, a lot of the engineering teams are located here. So that movement was already happening. So in a non-investment way, I would say our investments were in Bay Area, but the engineering teams were sitting here. Yeah. And uh, maybe even a technical co-founder would come and spend time there, and then India Head would be yeah. hired. That secular movement had already started five years ago. So that was, it didn't require deep intelligence <laughs> on my part. I would say... Um, the fact that there was energy on the ground, the fact that product companies were, built, were being built, the fact that SaaS was exploding was fairly obvious. You know, I mean, also I had the benefit of not being bitten by the um, cycles that even India, US India venture capital has yeah. gone through, right? I would say there has been a cycle where things didn't work. Yeah. There was an early phase. I don't know when. 2011, 12, 13 or something. I don't exactly know. Much, much earlier. Even yeah. earlier, 2006, yeah. 7 then. 2006, 7. So 2002, 2003 is when uh, Cleaner Perkins and Mayfield started dipping their toes in I India. See. So almost 20 years so ago. Almost 20 years ago. I think uh, people who reaped benefits uh, were those that set up proper shops in India. Like Sikoa earlier or Matrix or, or Axel. Axel, I, I think, took the largest bet among that, that they acquired an Indian VC firm called Erasmic. Yeah, Shubroto is a very dear friend of mine. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 I know him from my grad school days. Yeah, so, um, but you know, VCs can, don't succeed on their own. Yeah. Right? It is a confluence of many things happening, yes. which is supply side of founders. Yeah. What areas the founders choose to build in. And who do you sell it to? So VCs don't build ecosystem. VCs are catalysts, right? If there is, if there is talent, right? <laughs> I have no shame in this. <laughs> Shameful. Uh, well, I'll let you finish. Uh, if there is talent in an area, VCs will help catalyze through their expertise and capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you, you're probably mostly right. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that I think this also related to the India market growing overall optimism, yeah. money in the ecosystem. And what we found is we have a lot of friendly firms here. We love a, a lot of them. At least two of them said, hey, exits in the U.S. market is a little bit hard. We are doing well. Our companies are selling well there, but IPOs are a little bit more infrequent. But we are able to get liquidity from the Indian market because we are also investing in India, right? That was an interesting observation that the outcome sizes are not as large yeah. as, you know, uh, Snowflake IPO yeah. in the U.S. But the fact that the same fund in a judicious way is having this bimodal life yeah. where they are able to get liquidity because, uh, you know, Indian IPOs are still going. Yeah. Right? Uh, all of that is, I would say, contributing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So coming back to your question, I don't think there was any deep intelligence needed for me to come. I think the question was, what does success look like for yeah. us at ABC? Yeah, that, that's very important. So why, why, what would it take for you to invest more and more time in India? Yeah, so I think uh, where I am is I am now, I'm still trying to make up my mind. I mean, obviously, we have 
invested in some fantastic entrepreneurs, a couple of seeds yeah. here, a series A in Rocket Lane. The quality of the founders um, in these companies is mind-boggling. Yeah. It so happened some of them have moved to the Bay Area. Yeah. I just, just want to call that out. I would say uh, we from ABC and I personally, we think about what is our unfair advantage and what is the unfair advantage we give people. Yeah. Right now, where we are is we have very good friends with a lot of the seed funds and early phase funds, including Neon. Thank you. Yes. And we want to stay that way. We want to probably write small checks into early rounds and do series A's for companies which really want to work with us. It's not going to be an easy journey. There is enough money in the Indian ecosystem, more than enough money. There's enough money in Indian-led funds in the Bay Area, which is also working in the Indian corridor. Right. Yeah. So I would say uh, I I am at a crossroads of thinking: Do I hire somebody here? Do I hire a team here? Right now, I don't think the answer is going to be yes. Uh, the answer may change. Uh, so we'll do a couple of things uh, in terms of strategy. One is we'll keep on building our technical presence here because okay. at a personal level, that is my unfair advantage, yeah. right? Given you know my build background, the technology background, so we'll keep on having an ABC CTO council yeah. here. We'll keep on doing this highly technical events here, and uh, and that's one. The other part is our portfolio companies are majorly moving their their engineering teams to India, as I mentioned, large number in Bangalore, increasingly large number in Hyderabad, Chennai. And we see Pune as yeah. a hub that's growing very rapidly and maybe someday Gurgaon and Noida yeah. also. I think we're going to really double, triple down on that. I think that's going to be a very important thing for us. It also lets us be part. I personally like to be part of the technical network. Got People who are the CTO VPs, who are the chief architects, who are actually building software, complex software and technical founders. So that is kind of our forte. I think that network building will continue. For that, I don't need a partner sitting here. Yeah. We'll, you know, our team and I we will come back twice a year. So we'll maintain a strong technical presence here. We'll partner with funds like Neon yeah. and a few others that we love. Yeah. Write small checks initially in the hope of supporting entrepreneurs yes. and then leading a large Series A. I think that's kind of how it's going to pan out. The other part we're seeing is, uh, other than the technology part is, Build in India, send in the U.S. is not a trivial thing. We did an event last week, you know, one of our friendly funds, Special and I, we did an event about U.S. go-to-market is a very complex, multidimensional matrix. It's not, you know, one script for... There's no silver bullet for it. You should learn from the Zoho and Freshworks script. That's just one of 10 scripts, the the one of 10 markets. And the other thing we're seeing is at least one founder who is involved in go-to-market at some point in time, early in the company cycle, has to spend time either in New York or in San Francisco. Yeah. There is no alternative for that. And when you, you and I went at Sastra, we talked about yes. that. And building that network out is what we are helping with our entrepreneurs. Yeah. Because, And I think that value-add is a very important value-add from an ABC San Francisco perspective. And, you know, I don't know if you know, a lot of uh, under, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs who we haven't even invested in. Yeah. We, uh, if it's coming from one of the funds that we are friendly with, I, my team and I get requests all the time. Hey, can you guys give interest? And we do that without any, yeah. you know, selfish interest, knowing that we may or may not do a deal there. That we will keep on doing because we feel it's just the right thing to do. Being being entrepreneur first. Uh, and so U.S. go-to-market helping 
in a strategic way is a very important unfair advantage yes. for us and abc is has the benefit of being a multi vertical firm we have very strong investments in and networks in supply chain logistics insurance fintech health it bio it defense and you know that is probably an unfair advantage yeah. we bring to the table and we are happy to help entrepreneurs from here with that so i think that's how we're going to approach it for now and the successful outcome for you would be companies like rocket line where you led series ipo in some something like that yeah i don't know ipo i mean obviously we are in the business of returning money to lps yeah. so some sort of liquidity event but in terms of mid term yes being able to participate in pre seeds and seeds with you guys but leading a's at the minimum b's where we can build up ownership because that's important for us and our lps and you know investing in high tam areas right where the tam is large enough yeah. so that if a company executes well scales well builds the right flywheel for product and for sales there will be an outcome in mind and whether it's through an yeah. ipo or a large acquisition you know yeah. that part yeah. i could but yes that's the journey um Yeah, yeah, and uh, you, you and I had a previous discussion that uh, Indians, uh, SaaS entrepreneurs, or maybe you know we can uh, say the product entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs, they are not building enough differentiated products. Would would love your perspective on that? That's a hard question. I think uh, there's a macro phenomenon which uh, us VCs in enterprise software have be have to be. Uh, cognizant of so if i broadly separate out the broad if i broadly separate enterprise software out let's ignore vertical saas for now it's a huge area collection of let's keep that aside but just for horizontal software let's say there is enterprise infrastructure software all things around data ai devops security cloud and then there is departmental saas you know which is sales marketing hr so on and so forth It, things are crowded us vcs have written a lot of checks in the last 10 years it's not just about the india us corridor generally i think from the india side i don't think enough is happening in the infrastructure side yet that takes a certain confluence of factors that hasn't yet happened in india but saas side i think departmental saas side there's a lot happening and there's a lot of money chasing a few entrepreneurs i think uh building saas now departmental saas now given cloud services given open source given apis the engineering side is a little bit easier than it was 10 15 years ago right so in a way it's easier to start a company so then when you start a company uh, you know what differentiation do you think about uh, off the bat people don't have a differentiation and go to market or distribution right uh, a side comment is one of the reasons we stay interested in infrastructure is infrastructure in those 457 uh, 456 years open source distribution remains an unfair advantage if you pick the right open source yes. project right our company acrel which came out of a very successful linkedin open source project called data hub if you look at their unfair advantage they have an amazing you know technical founder set amazing engineering team but distribution is because of initially bottom up open source working network effect right coming back to saas it is not an easy time it's not just about indian entrepreneurs let me make it even in the bay area even in seattle and we see companies coming from new york and seattle also largely from bay area 
it is not trivial to think of differentiation up front, right? So where will differentiation be when things are uh, when things are crowded? First thing to think about is as people think about wedge, I mean, think about it. How will very deep, sticky, valuable departmental SaaS companies be built? Well, you have to capture a few workflows which has high economic value. Maybe high difficulty also because then not enough. But somehow you have to make something around data work. Lots of data has been brought in, integrated, the whole, you know, Palantir story. Yeah. Uh, Palantir was founded by the founder of ABC. So you, then you start thinking as you bring in, as you work with more data and you win more workflows and people pay for it, very sticky SaaS companies tend to be built where there is some platform and data mode placed somewhere. If you think about ServiceNow, they're still sitting on this data mode, which is their CMDB. If you think of Salesforce, they're still sitting on a what is essentially a database, which is their CRM database. Same is true for Zendesk. Same is true for ServiceNow. Same is true for many. Same is true for Workday. If you look at Rippling, while they have built common data models so that they can move from department to department, ultimately they're trying to build a data mode. Now, how such companies are possible? You can start with a wedge. I would ask those questions. That doesn't, that shouldn't dissuade entrepreneurs from doing B2B SaaS. And I say it again, it's not about India or US founders, any founder. But what we have found interesting is second time founders in these areas tend to have thought of that a bit more. Who actually played there? Uh, we see a little bit of uh, uh, more like insights around, okay, I'm going to go in with this wedge use case. I know the economic value and the budget geometry I'm going to hit. But finally, I know I'm going to go after that other cross-set use case and I'll get a larger data footprint going. Probably thinking like that is going to help. And we love to see that from an 8VC perspective, we love to see that. That's kind of, I'd put it in that positive light. And I would say having those insights are harder. And I'll make a judgment yeah. call now. Having those insights are harder for first-time founders because you really have to go build in these departments to know yeah. what is true, what is not true, how are budgets deployed, what the difficulties of workflows are, and do you even need a source of truth system which is different? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I would say we from 8VC like to hear entrepreneurs who have thought about this a bit at, at the beginning. That's about it. And then, you know, distribution in SaaS, departmental SaaS tends to be hard. Uh, if you look at Rocket Lane, <clears throat> what uh, Sri and his founders, uh, his co-founders have done is they have built a community around them. Yeah. Right. They've almost tried to create, yeah. create a category. Right. And I mean, you know a lot yes. about, you know, Sri extremely well. Uh, is that a pattern? Don't know the answer, but that's an interesting thing to observe. Like if you want to go yes. play in SaaS, do you build an adoption community there? Yeah. How do you tell the story? Look, ultimately, secularly, the need for departmental software will become paramount. Unless Gen AI comes and we don't need software yeah. anymore, that'll probably happen after my career <laughs> is over. Good luck to you guys. You guys come back and tell me the story. Yeah. Uh, need for software, need for data, need for good apply, applied AI products is going to be massively and it's still inflecting. That need in departmental personas and budget is going to be huge. Yeah. It's already huge. It's only going to get big. So great software companies will be built in these areas. 
the reason I went on for a long time is the next level thinking by the founders is going to be very important uh, around the mode, around go-to-market, around distribution, around maybe a play around data. Yeah. We like to see that. That's all. And, and does that make sense? I'd be curious, brief thoughts from your side. It, it, it makes sense. Uh, I think where you play and where Neon plays, we'll see how it, how, how it shapes it. But our half of our portfolio and the, the folks that you have bagged, right, in India, Clearfield and Rocket Lane, they're all second time founders. Like we have bagged Atomic Works. Very, very GTM, important observation. Yes. GTM Buddy, FinCent, and, and like out of a 50 portfolio Amnic companies. Also. Am, 50 portfolio companies, half of us are portfolio second time founders. Were built and sold SaaS. And now they understand the TAM problem really well, the enterprise insights problem, department insights problem really well. So they are taking uh, time to interact with customers before even writing any code. They are traveling to US, spending time with customers, organizing dinners for their customers. I think this insight to first time founders comes quite late. Uh, and we say obviously right uh, large companies will be built by first time founders there's no doubt right no doubt no no doubt but the incubation period of the first three four years period journey would be we have seen it tough yes we have historically seen out of 50 portfolio companies 15 are above 1 million uh, two thirds of them are by first time founders one third of them are by second time founders uh, and those companies above 1 million are by first time founders Started in 2016-17 time frame. They did the last pivot in 2020. That worked and that is helping them to take them to few million uh, dollars. Yeah. By the way, uh, I, there are two things I would never discount. One is Indian hustle and ingenuity. Yeah. Do not discount that. So, uh, do not discount that. Second is, I think, the ability of younger founders to have high EQ and high high learning ability is, I mean, when, you know, I mean, think about it, man. Look at Google, look at Airbnb, name it. Yeah. I mean, think of Facebook. I mean, you're talking about fairly yes. major <laughs> generational companies yes. which came from yes. very young yes. founders. And the ability of young people to, to you know, pick up signals and um, adjust and move faster than anybody yes. else. From a personal and HVC point of view, you know, that not going to discount any of that. Mm-hmm. So... So first time founders are hungrier, second time founders are wise. So you need to have a combination. And both need to move very quickly. Yeah, both need right? to move very quickly. So, Vaskar, you have spent almost 30 years in the US now. Yeah. Uh, I have a fight with myself, right? That uh-huh. what if Bhaskar would have stayed in India, right? It's, it's an analogy I draw from average, the movie. Average IQ would go down. <laughs> This is uh, from the movie Swadesh, in which Shahrukh Khan, who was a NASA scientist, came back and then worked in ISRO. That uh, and he was moved by that one dialogue that uh, apni chocolate ka dia padosi ka ghar roshan kar raha hai. So like lamp, my lamp is lightening the neighbor's house. So. your question is, what would have happened? What would have happened? And this is a question not just for Bhaskar. This is a question for all the brilliant, talented IITians uh, that that are working in the in the in the US. Uh, yeah. Right? How could we retain them? What what could stop the reverse brain drain? Yeah. So I think it's a marketplace question. I think if you look at 
the speed and the the phases that india as an economic entity cultural entity and a nation has gone through right india has made amazing startling progress since 1947 right if you look at the first one third or half of india when the whole you know india had to build itself an infrastructure yeah its own infrastructure whether it's power whether it's making sure that you don't have famines yeah. think about it right um india hasn't had a yeah. famine in like that's mind boggling thinking yeah. of the british created famines in india three times yeah. i don't know if you guys have read about all and that and the bengal right? famine was and bengal famine madras famine and it's done by british and indians together but yeah. that, that, that that's a complex religious <laughs> question but india was not self sufficient yeah. from food perspective so from power food education institutions all of the stuff we take granted now yeah. didn't exist so the first 20 30 40 years of state controlled centralized planning was probably necessary yeah that pakistan sri lanka probably didn't do in the same way yeah. right so i think india has gone through these phases yeah. and in our generation so i would say i'm one generation before you if not more i think uh when we graduated from computer science there's very little opportunity you know we had an on campus interview hcl and i didn't even know is it jadavpur you are talking yeah, about yeah 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 no i i i did one interview in, i did two interviews in india i did an iim joka interview and i did a hcl interview. what is iim joka iim calcutta okay <laughs> joka is the name of the little town outside of calcutta that okay. industrial management is right okay it's one of the top yeah. at my okay. time in iim ahmedabad and i'm the calcutta were the two top i am bangalore and abad and so you know i had a job offer for 2240 rupees per month i still have the offer letter but you had the mb offer or job offer from iim calcutta no i had a job offer from hcl okay and a job of there were very few jobs so the economic opportunities did not exist so that's one the other part is i was always interested in computer science so at a yes. micro level and going and doing a phd in you know in a good place in usa was always like studying algorithms was my passion right so it's a very micro thinking there was no major yeah. thinking there and that time it wasn't that easy to find a professor get into iit madras yeah. or kanpur the only two places even bombay iit bombay cs is not like now it's like yeah. world of world's uh, top department so in our generation the opportunity was not there yeah. it's just as simple as that for somebody like us a group of us who wanted to study so it's a micro decision right it was not like you're running away from india you're running towards something it so happens that a confluence of hard work history and all the infrastructure that post independence india built in yeah. painstaking way is the reason why the industry including the it industry that we talked about yeah. previously in this podcast developed and then the network effect that you and i just yeah. discussed happened of how that journey took 20 years right now i have a lot of amazing friends who did their phd's and came back as faculty okay lot of friends and they are very well known professors in iit kanpur iit delhi iit yeah. bombay uh, iit bangalore um you know they have started institutions like you know like literally yeah. so i would say i didn't want to come back and become a professor you know academia was not interesting so that's why i wanted to go to industry so i think it's a generational question of um 
opportunities that were available to us that's that's the easy part of the answer the hard part of the answer is our generation was one or two generations after independence uh, maybe two and a half or three yeah. generations i don't know if this was this idealistic generation which was there to build the nation the yeah. way our parent generation was so i wouldn't we were kind of in the middle lost generation you yeah. guys are a generation where india is the assertive india india has infrastructure at all levels that if you choose to build stuff here you have the opportunity to yeah. you're not having to build that opportunity to build so i would say in that way uh, uh, it, it, now if you look at god's hand in all this it so happened that our generation which went to silicon valley has turned out to be phenomenally important yes. and look at the number of ceos in yes. the top 10 software companies of usa guess what yeah um, all actually born and studied in india none of them right? none of them are abcds american born <laughs> 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 um, yes um, i would say uh, i don't have a good answer for you then except i make a microscopic decision but i'll be honest with you the reason i will and i have put an effort in the india us corridor is very much that you know given what we were able to learn in silicon yeah. valley and be successful and establish ourselves i mean a lot of us do we really need to work we probably don't if we need a simple right we don't right we will we were lucky to go through ipos and stuff but part of it is is to leverage the excitement and the opportunity in the india us corridor yeah. but i'll be honest with you on top of that while i'm a i'm a us citizen i want to contribute to things in india right i want to contribute to tech entrepreneurship i also want to contribute to rural infrastructure and ngos you know both are passions yeah. for me so i would say i don't have a good answer for you but about the backward facing question that you asked but i have a pretty damn good answer for you in a forward facing way that a lot of the reason i'm sitting here and doing this is not just because i'm a silicon valley vc is because i want to really 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 you know enjoy working with you guys and entrepreneurs here and you know make some contribution to the future of and india. would there be a future date in india that you would think of packing your bags there and coming back that's a india? harder question um it's possible i mean my wife is american so it's not fair my son is american while they both are ethnically indian Uh, they are born and brought up there it is up to them to decide if they going to spend time here so from a split family perspective it's not an easy logistical thing um it all depends it depends if we start some things which requires me to be here in person more why not i think you know it would be just an amazing opportunity yeah. to be spending more time in the cities you discussed yeah. i mean i was in bombay after so many years just 2 weeks ago the energy of the city is amazing just being there for two yeah. days and meeting people just the positivity and you know bangalore i've already told you yeah. right i just feel so excited being here even in the event we did last night yes. right we did one one with stellaris i stayed i don't know i think i had to stay till like 11 to answer questions but if people are doing all kinds of startups they're trying to solve hard problems and you know i was fortunate but i'm saying the energy that comes back from the young entrepreneurs is very attractive to me yeah. so if things if luck and destiny have it yes why not so the, i'm not writing that off yeah. earlier in a conversation you mentioned that saas is exploding in india 
can you share some numbers some stats or your your perspective on that even emotional perspective why why do you feel that uh so is it exploding i would say from a pure numbers that you will have access yeah. to i don't the sheer number of deals that i have taken calls around around first time and second time founders in just departmental saas it is huge i mean it is almost equal to the number of departmental saas deal meetings i have taken from founders in the bay area okay equal uh, yeah I, and i have said no to a lot of meetings even then so sheer number yeah now the question is why is that happening yeah. is a more interesting yeah. question i think uh, just the mean the optimism and the confidence in thinking that i can build something yeah. and that i know a certain departmental problem that is inflecting and people have if you look at the freshworks what you call yes. the freshworks mafia yeah. and you, yes. you know them extremely yeah. they're an investor in some of them i mean it's a generational company built from chennai yeah. it's like zoho and you know hats off man i mean this is what grish and his uh, cohort have done yeah not just the outcome but the culture they have built yes. inside those two companies is phenomenal right it almost like old time yahoo kind of culture yeah. highly entrepreneurial look at the number of people coming out of their starting companies that means they have they have developed confidence to stand on their own yeah. second they have confidence that they've learned some subdomain really well otherwise people don't do that yeah. so i think we're almost in the second to third gen wave of people coming out where it's not just also the other thing we really love is it's not just from the top schools the entrepreneurs you know i mean if you look at freshworks and zoho yeah. it's almost like they didn't hire from the top school they yeah, hired they, from this they neglected top school because and this from these real hustling you know cultures and girish talked about it in a very deep way when he came to uh, joe's house we hosted yeah. him in woodside okay. girish and is you know joe and i hosted girish okay back in the day when was it like 6 months ago year ago i forgot and he talked about that he talked about how he himself didn't go to an iit and he hired from all these non iit and so very powerful narrative yeah. right very counter intuitive and i would say there is supply side economics playing out in the courage and the skill set of founders and it looks like the network effect of knowledge has happened in saas hasn't yet happened in infra so that's also important to point out you're not seeing uh, even a small fraction of the number happen in ai infra data yeah. infra cloud not yet it'll happen do not count out yeah. as i said do not count out india but uh, i think dev tools it's happening a little bit more because there are what 6 to 7 million programmers yes. in india so even from like tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 yeah. cities open source is happening but i think coming back to your question there are certain root drivers which have come true yeah and you know um that's kind of that's partly what i think is the reason and do you see the next generation of indian entrepreneurs you have observed this generation right from girish to this is shri from rocket lane the next generation of indian entrepreneurs having certain edge or better in any way to to a certain scale i right? say so not not by edge i have been very impressed i don't know the generational divide but I have talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who we you know are not even investors in because we have built a good brand here yeah. we built a good set of relationships here a lot of founders have come and talked to us or talked to me uh, I have found uh, certain like deepening insights about the practicality of wedge use cases and go to market yeah. and that doesn't happen from reading a book 
I think that is happening from a network effect of knowledge and word of mouth. Yeah. Um, what was your question again? So my question was the next generation of entrepreneurs. Or How are they? Are they better? Are they different? I think, I don't know if they're better or different. Uh, they are surely the hustle and they are coming from, um, number one, coming from a wide variety of schools, yeah. not just the top IITs. That's great. Uh, hustle in terms of the, the art of the possible is what I'd say. Like, oh man, the number of founders I've talked to, like something around like product analytics, something around, you know, you know, video infrastructure, something around, um, they know use cases and have already seen somebody trying to sell into that use case before. So I would say this, as I said, where's use case go to market? The tribal knowledge has grown in leaps and bounds. And I think I see that as a huge differentiator in the founders coming in now. They are not starting from scratch. Yeah. What Maybe they were junior engineers and junior managers and programmers or product managers in successful late stage startups, not just IPO yes. companies. And they are bringing a lot of use case confidence and the confidence that if I build this and this, I'll be able to sell it. So that's number two. Yeah. Number three, which I think is just beginning to happen, is that these same founders have decided that as they build the initial versions of the product, maybe even sell into the late stage Indian startup mafia bit yeah. here to get a little bit of product market fit going, they have to move to the US, right? That is almost a given in the conversation. That was not true five years ago. Surely not true. So I have seen these three things change. And since we talked about it, what would it take to produce 100 Freshworks-like outcome from India? We are talking about B2B SaaS. B2B SaaS and Infra and all the domains that... uh, I think we... We... we, uh, we talked about the wedge use cases. We talked about data mode. We talked about owning workflows. I think all of them have to be true. Two more things have to be true. I think supply side economics of founders we have talked about. Yeah. I think ability to span leadership across US and India. Look, I, I, we are, ABC is not doing India market right now. So yeah. I don't want to comment on that. It's about building India, sell in Europe. Exactly. Like that's why we think freshwater like models. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think building relationships, networks and flywheels in go to market in the US, knowing which part of your inside or direct sales is going to sit here. You know, what is your top of the funnel? Yeah. How much would it be India? When, what has to sit there for high ACVs techniques change? Yeah. Those flywheels have to happen. I think that is, we are in the first quarter of four, to use an American term, right? First innings of four innings, I would say. That has to grow. I think um, we are a little bit away from that formalized flywheel knowledge. So that's number one. Number two is TAM and market readiness has to be there. It's right now the US market around SaaS multiples is going through a much needed Fresh look at it. Yeah. People are asking questions about unit, about unit economics, about margins. Maybe we have now on the US side been much more, uh, yeah. uh, much harder in asking those questions. So things will soften a little bit. We're going to be a little bit more gray area. But I think 
ultimately uh, businesses have to show a path towards profitability that's a fair requirement probably yeah. i would say all of this will only be enabled by market power so certain classes of software have to become extremely important in departmental in departmental saas those are the two secular things that are needed yeah. how do you predict that i don't know the answer one is based on hard work which is the flywheel of sales go to market how does certain classes of software in certain departments whether it's departmental saas or automation yeah. or whatever i think that's a harder question to anticipate but i think those two things have to also happen for 100 outcomes like freshworks to happen the another important question that i have for you is right you are sitting and and also building as a founder right at the heart of a ai revolution right uh, and our audience has, has a pretty generic knowledge of ai can can you share what is happening in ai today and what role india is playing uh, uh, as a builder not as a consumer yeah i would say in the ai has been around for a while so i would say machine learning in the con- I mean, ai the machine learning part of ai has been used and used and democratized from the silicon valley companies you know yeah. google and yahoo primarily and then facebook linkedin others yeah. that you know about um in the context of primarily initially b2b2c and b2c yeah. because you you needed this real time yeah. stuff you need recommendations and all the use yeah. cases that has about. been there for the last 20 years it it has been perfected i think one important secular thing has happened in the regulated industries like finance like banking like financial yeah. services little bit of healthcare is increasing usage of ai in use cases inside so that the enterprises have set up the business processes the development processes yeah. and the talent to focus on usage of primarily machine learning maybe a little bit of deep learning in the context of top line and profit yeah. that is very much here to stay so is that are we we are probably in the second innings of the revolution of four i think as you guys know in the last 6 to 12 months uh this whole family of uh, ai models called large language models which is based on hyperscalers essentially cl- crawling the whole universe and uh, uh, you know you know building kind of time series predictive kind of models and uh, enabling english language yeah. as a query essentially as a domain language to query things the the uh, the so for certain use cases it is just showing mind boggling results obviously you know all these use cases like you know content in marketing like uh, code through copilots like in- intelligent decision trees and interactions during you know customer interactions yes. and you know many more maybe someday even business business analytics you know how do you uh, query you know how do you query a data warehouse lot of these enterprise use cases are going to are, are becoming very important anything around workflow automation where there is unstructured data flowing through it right think of it as rpa version yeah. 3.0 all of these use cases we anticipate will be profoundly impacted by these this this whole revolution in foundational in foundation models and generative ai now the question uh, i'll come to your india question i don't know that answer very well so it is looking increasingly likely that with the usage of um, llms and family of models a lot of these business processes and a lot of these product lot of these pieces of work that are happening today in enterprise are going to be impacted 
Now you can start thinking about, you know, what does it mean for VCs? What does it mean for the large hyperscalers like yeah. OpenAI and Google and Amazon and, you know, who are building these huge models? Uh, 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 how will current industry, SaaS industry use it? I think it remains to be seen where the VC investable piece is going to be. It's not clear to us. We are working on it. We're thinking about it. Maybe even start trying to start companies in these areas. Uh, is it going to be, prim- is, is there opportunity in automation, right? In many verticals. I think that remains to be seen. In terms of India, I would say India, India uh, some parts of Indian IT uh, services and consulting sector, which has reinvented itself over the years. We mentioned yes. it early in yes. this uh, discussion. It would be exciting to see how they use it. I think you'll see a revolution there and Indians are ex- there are enough technically good people sitting there yeah. and there are very creative and hustling people. I am excited to see that part. That instead of us thinking they'll be disrupted, I suspect Indian services and consulting sector will start using generative AI and will actually come up with new stuff. That's one. Yeah. Uh, well, that may or may not be VC investable, right? So I'll keep yeah. that aside, but I'm very excited by that. In terms of AI enabled products, in terms of infrastructure for generative AI and machine learning, we haven't, you know, I think that requires a certain wave of talent and network effects yeah. to happen. And I'm hoping funds like Neon, you yeah. know, back entrepreneurs, which actually cause that. And I think some of that tier of software requires probably much stronger interaction between academia and industry. If you look at a lot of the contributions of AI, while it is, you know, earlier contributions used to come from IBM and Bell Labs, yeah. you know, a lot of contributions have come from Facebook and Google, as you see, but I think a lot of the roots of AI came from academia, just like roots yeah. of internet came from there. I think some magic has to happen in the Indian ecosystem in the confluence of academia, government labs, private and public sector, and you know companies for some of that innovation to yeah. come. I don't know enough to bet on it or tell you when it's going to happen, but coming back to the main point I made, I think in the consulting and IT services sector, you're going to see some really interesting stuff coming from India. That is my bet for today's podcast. Thanks. And coming on to, you know, conclusion of a podcast, right? Uh, Indian entrepreneurs have been moving to the the US, right? Either to start companies or to build their go-to-market arms, right? Yeah. Uh, What are the few things that you think we can learn faster from uh, entrepreneurs in the West to succeed there? Let me make one secular point. I think given the current geopolitical situation, I think the USA has rightly adopted a very strong built with India stance. I really, really want to see that, you know, grow 100x, if not 1000x. And I will do anything I can to increase that. So free flow of talent in both directions is really important. Visa stuff is really important. And I hope both sides can make that happen well. So that for a VC and a builder like me, Really want to see that happen. That people can move, not just goods and software. People can move back and forth. Because in just want to make a statement. Huh? I got my visa after two years. I applied in 2021. <laughs> got in 2023. <laughs> I am I am being put on the spot, and I have no answer for you. And I we I hope I hope I hope that the U.S. administration that it gets accelerated because I don't see any reasons for Indian entrepreneurs to just go to. India to go to US and never come back. I think opportunity is growing so fast. 
there should be very very fluid movement of talent between the two countries number one number two i think uh, some interesting thing has come about selling in india versus selling in us i think in a way sales in us are easy at what, least why do you say deter- that i think us buyers are very deterministic what does what does this mean meaning if you engage in enterprise software sale and somebody tells you and you know i'm now co-founder founder of a company called anzena security company and you know go to market is hard but the beauty of doing this company is you know i'm in the room when the the pilots are getting defined yeah. the acquiring side is saying if you do this is this yes i'm going to pay okay. 50k 70 and that is largely 99.99% true so they don't bluff you are saying yeah not only bluff they are very matter of fact they are not this is not a nepotism based sale just based on relationship yeah. of course in high acv relationships always yeah. matter but here the part, the the culture is hey this is what i need it's almost like a consumer culture yeah people are not afraid of spending money yeah if they know what they're getting back yes. for it so in a way uh, uh, us sales are more cut and dried from what i've heard i've never sold software yes. in india i think selling software in india is still not easy uh, one of my companies yugobite uh, i don't know if it's public we just you know we've done some major deals with um, hdfc okay yay right so i learned a little bit about how how the process went and how it was different yeah. in this process but i would say us sales once you have the right network the right collateral the right integrations yes. for your implementation it look your product has to be good yeah. i mean let's assume you're at the table yes. because you have a decent product but i think when you have that checklist it's pretty straightforward i think doing business in us is straightforward that is the reason us keeps on innovating yes. it's very matter of fact if you do this a b and c unless you know stock market goes down and all the requisitions are yeah. blocked right so i would say that's probably important i think culturally just be brave be open be very transactional saying what are the things you need and here i'm i'm, I'm going to provide it to you so i i see indian founders growing there very quickly you see i'm saying yeah and i think as the first part becomes more true with this back and forth thing that indian founders are going there and spending 3 weeks every 2 months in the bay area or new york this will accelerate extremely quickly and i think neon yeah you and i talked about this yeah. after your dinner yeah. one of the superpowers you are trying to build bring to the table is you have this unnamed but important network there yeah. where your founders from here can easily talk land to, there right not you can talk to people who they can learn from we have what we are neon is like i was there in us for two months so one month in beria one month in almost like in new york and what i i was trying to build for neon is for our founders to have a lp network who is ready to give them time and guide them on enterprise sales absolutely and part is about the methodology of yes. sales part is about hey i will buy this software something right yes. other than that it's go not going to be that hard i think it's like i think so that's one so sales there's a third part which is probably more subjective part which is about building teams so uh, independent of being in india every 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 if the founders are truly from bangalore or from here yeah even in the first 10 5 10 hires they're creating a virtual or explicitly articulated culture of the company yeah as you grow inevitably people keep r&d here 
maybe a product manager is yeah. hired there, but you start growing sales there. You hire a VP of sales at some point yeah. in time. I think it's very important as the founders go back and forth to like learn that part, like which part is kind of American. You know, how do you have a multicultural company across the borders will still believes in the same value, you know, customer first, whatever the values yeah. are, which is company specific. And for a, for a bunch of non-Indian senior execs to report to an Indian, I'm sure Freshworks has gone through the same thing. Yeah. Right? I would say though, these are the kind of generational things that through proof of numbers is going to happen. Yeah. I would say those are a few insight. Those are a few hints I drop that uh, need to like accelerate and change. So we talked about at least three things. Visa and, you know, free yeah. flow of people. We talked about the methodology of U.S. sales, yeah. mid market to top market. And the other is building cross-border teams, right? Um, and the kind of teams we built from Yahoo and LinkedIn was U.S. to India. This is India to U.S. And, you know, those books need to be written. Yeah. And I, I, we would like to see more founders who are getting series Bs and Cs done through U.S. VCs, spending time there, articulating that. Right. With you and yes. with other like in the network as to, you know, here is how we are managing yeah. these teams. That's going to be a fascinating journey. And I can add one point to that, which which couldn't have been possible before. Right. I think why the timing for the Indian enterprise has, is right from India to US. Uh, I'll take one of our portfolio companies examples for draft. Uh, they cross. They are about to touch like 10 mil ARR uh, in, in a few months. What they did is now they're hiring. Uh, Indians who worked 20 years in the US, let's say as head of sales at, for example, at Coinbase or, or at Meta. That's very at, clever. Right. So because these guys know how to do large sales, right? And in, in the, in the, in, in, in the, in, in the US context. In, in the US market. And they are Indians who like shifted in the US 20 years back. And now they're happy jumping into, uh, Indian, uh, Originated companies because they have seen successes. Right? Yeah, that's probably an intermediate stage to what I said. Uh, look, ultimately success, that I would say that's the second quarter of four of success for Indian companies where you're hiring Indians who have moved there and worked there and successful. I still think for like the real success will be for India to US companies is you're actually being able to hire and maintain Americans. culture across many nationalities and ethnicities. I, I would say there are examples, right? Tata has done that very yeah. well, right? And that's just one yeah. example. I'm sure other companies yes. have, but that company, that um, example comes to mind. They've acquired serious companies in the auto yes. space, right? Steel, I think steel companies have done that from here. Yeah. And maybe there's stuff to learn uh, for the software industry from uh, the Tatas of the world also. Okay. But to me, you know, I'll be very proud when that day comes that India defined, you know, India. Uh, the best American here. talent, for example, wants to work for Indian originated companies. Yeah, that would be like amazing. Yeah. That would be truly make all of us very excited. Yeah. Proud. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bhaskar. I really enjoyed our conversation. I did not prepare and you guys made me comfortable and you have an amazing group and staff. Thank you. And it's so much positive energy in the room. It was a pleasure. Was Thank a pleasure. you so much. And hope we do more stuff together. Yes, yes. You, absolutely. you me and 8BC and New York. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for yeah. having Thank me. Thank you.